what what does that mean? Hello everyone and welcome back to a special presentation of Anime Club After Dark. With me tonight I have our chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. It's lit. <laughs> and tonight we are going to be talking about episode 10 of Vinland Saga. So, um... I think you'll agree with me, show a lot of symbolism in this episode. A shit ton, you might say. Only symbolism, nothing else. I mean, there was a lot. Uh, the The episode essentially starts with Thorfinn having a dream about living in Vinland with his family. Um, it's a pretty, I guess you would say, elaborate dream. Um, I mean, his, his mom's there and his dad's there. It, also, he's having this dream of, of him as a kid. Again, this is like the second time where he's been thinking about like his family and his father where he's imagining himself as a child again. Oh, honey, Freud would have a field day. Oh, I yes. <laughs> you aren't even joking about that. <laughs> um, and then, like, the... the uh, this... Um, this dream ends with him discovering that the village that they're living in in Vinland is under attack and his father gets shot up with arrows in a very similar fashion to the way he actually ended up dying a few episodes back. And that jolts Thorfinn out of his slumber, screaming at the top of his lungs, Father! I would just want to say how the dream started with that shot of kid Thorfinn blushing and sleeping in a field of flowers that was so cute so adorable (laughs) and um the dream as a whole is i interpret it as his childish naive fantasy about or like hopes and dreams like you have as a child of what could be or what the best outcome would be uh and clearly, it's an embodiment of his guilt over abandoning his mom and his sister to the cold, harsh winters of Iceland. They have to survive by themselves. That is true. I mean, ever since we saw uh, Thor's get killed, uh, what was back in what, episode six? Um, we have yet to see anything of Thorfinn's mother or his sister or Leif Erikson, or anyone, really, from that village that he was from. God, I'm so worried. The mom is, like, sick. It's basically only the sister who has to, like, work the entire household in Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) With no slaves. (laughs) Well, maybe they're going to come back and there's going to be a whole troop of slaves. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's something. It's something to think about. I mean, we haven't seen anything of them since. Let's just call it what it is. Thorfinn was essentially kidnapped by Askeladd. Although I guess you could say he stowed away. So, like, unintentionally kidnapped by Askeladd. Uh, um, so we don't really know what's going on with them. So right now, all we have to go on is this dream, and you you kind of have to assume that life has sort of gone on without him that i mean maybe his mom is dead but his sister probably isn't so who knows I it's it's leaving a lot to the uh, to the audience to kind of think about though um i i just thought it was really funny because um 
after Thorfinn gets jolted up from his dream, he it's sort of it's the middle of the night, very very early morning, and uh, he goes like for a walk up to this hill because they're they're in the, they're in Bath, I think, um, pillaging some poor village, and uh, Askeladd is true, actually that that is, um, and he's going for a walk and he walks up this hill where there are these uh, ruins, like ancient Roman ruins. Um, and you just see Askeladd up there kind of sitting, and he's got like this old Roman coin in his hand, just kind of staring at it and contemplating it. And uh, all of a sudden, Askeladd just goes all philosopher king on Thorfinn. <laughs> and it's like, it, I, I would say it's out of character if it weren't for the fact that by this time we've seen Askeladd spouting like really almost, uh, I would say, wise sayings. And it, like it almost goes to show that Askeladd may be one of the few people in his, or maybe even the only person in his little troop or his band that's even halfway educated, because he seems to know some stuff about the past. Yeah, that's true. He's a very well learned. I mean, he by any means wouldn't be the only pirate in history that was well educated. Um, but, I mean, being well-educated back then meant that you were probably either aristocracy or royalty, which Askeladd doesn't seem to be a part of, unless that's where he came from. Um, just more, like, really... Isn't he the son of... Me... Well, okay, so back in the episode where we went to Askeladd's village, Askeladd referred to the lord as his uncle, and I don't know mm. if that was, uh, like, a literal or not yeah literal or a nickname perhaps um but that would make him the nephew of a lord so maybe that's yeah i where... guess there, there would definitely be some money there for an education then oh honey sure. only money have you seen lord gom uh, yeah i know <laughs> uh, but no so Askeladd this goes off philosopher king telling thorfinn about how the saxons defeated the roman empire and then the vikings in turn will defeat the saxons <laughs> and then i <laughs> I love how he like basically ends it by saying, "And then God will kill us all and take us to Ragnarok." <laughs> Every Viking's wet dream. <laughs> so I guess for those who don't know, uh, Ragnarok is essentially the uh, Viking or Norse equivalent to Judgment Day, um, the Christian Judgment Day, um, and it almost is. It's almost like Askeladd is telling uh, Thorfinn that there's like this. I hate to go all Lion King on everyone, but a circle of life. Uh, <laughs> um, and like saying that, so Asglad has killed Thors, and now it's up to Thorfinn to kill Asglad. And of course, Asglad's like, well, you know, you have a fucking advantage on me because you're just growing and I'm going to get fucking old and decrepit. <laughs> so eventually, yeah, you're going to beat me. <laughs> it, it's all like this. this he, also, he talks about like this natural cycle of things and like death and murder are part of that natural cycle. And then he and then and then he goes he says something that's so profound that you almost have to stop and go, wait. He's like, yeah, we're in the middle of the dawn of the age of twilight. And of course, so uh, a quick language lesson for you: Ragnarok comes from a Norse word which pretty much literally translates to twilight of the gods um and so essentially he's saying that yeah time marches forward but eventually it's going to end 
Which is, I mean, it's a profound thing to say, but why is he saying all of this? <laughs> and better yet, why is he telling this to Thorfinn? Well, hmm. So, well, he he said Dawn is the Age of Twilight because he was just talking about Ragnarok, but why did he bring up Ragnarok in the first place? Yeah. Well, I think he brought up Ragnarok in the first place because it was an analogy about to Thorfinn killing Askeladd as a part of the natural order. So there's, oh, there's a very, there's a through line that goes through all of this. <laughs> yes, but it, it, it's done through like 18 different layers of subtlety. Yes, it's very, it's very uh, esoteric. It is. And it's, it's just something you would never imagine coming out of the mouth of a pirate. You think like a pirate is motivated by, you know, things like improving their self and the people around them. And it's like, why would someone who wants to constantly profit off the things that they do talk about the world ending? Because it's not going to be good for them either. Well, Askeladd is no standard pirate. He's no basic Clearly. Bitch. Clearly. I mean, if, if, the, if the story has taught me anything by now, it's that Askeladd is probably one of the most... Um, what's the word uh nuanced characters in the story perhaps definitely uh i'm really interested to see what happens with his character arc going forward because of these things um but he does bring up some really good points in this speech that he's giving thorfinn um the uh, mainly that conflict brings progress which in the march of human history has shown to be true over and over and over again i mean hell if it weren't for our conflict we never would have went to the moon um and i well i think that that idea of conflict brings progress is true both on a technological level obviously but also on a societal level because it forces people to reconcile the fact that hey why are we fighting and is it even worth it well, Askeladd didn't actually say anything about conflict bringing progress. I just wrote that down because that's how I interpret what he said, Dawn in the Age of Twilight, what that means. That's, I mean, that, that's what I thought he meant by it, too. What? I had to stretch my brain to think of that. I, I, I may, I may wait, not have me, put wait, it in why? such... Why? Why? Why does that mean that? What, the conflict brings progress? Why does Dawn in the Age of Twilight mean conflict brings progress? I, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way I can word this. Um, well, okay, so they, they he believes that like Ragnarok is going to be like the end times, allegedly. Um, and that's obviously going to be a time of conflict, but whatever comes on the other side of that would probably be interpreted as progress. Sure. I don't know. I know he also makes he also makes a um, a reference to the idea of the Christian Judgment Day. Um, which is very, very similar to the Norse idea of Ragnarok. And in like the Christian Judgment Day, it isn't necessarily the end of the world. It's just the it, it it's it's basically a rapture of people that actually believe. Like the world still goes on after Judgment Day. It's just God is supposed to come down and take everyone worthy to heaven and then just fuck off with everyone else. I see. Interesting. So maybe that that that's and the reason I kind of came to the same conclusion I think you did, maybe through a different means of coming to that conclusion, was the fact that he brought up the idea of the Christian Judgment Day. I said it's, it, it is an ending in a sense, but it's also a new beginning. I see. I came to that conclusion in a very convoluted way because <laughs> I had no idea 
that Twilight had anything to do with Ragnarok, but while I was watching the episode, so I'm just like, Twilight, what do you mean by Twilight? Well, Twilight is like a mix of the day and the night, and you can't tell which is which, so it's basically Mm -hmm. chaos, and chaos is conflict, and dawn is a, a new beginning, so the new beginning in the conflict, so the conflict must bring progress. And I'm like, I just did like 10 different steps. And I don't know what just happened. (laughs) I have to agree. That was a very convoluted roundabout way to get to it. I had had no idea what that meant. So I'm just like, what what does that mean? I was just like, what? (laughs) It came out of nowhere. I'm just like, he just paused and then just no explanation. There's a dawn in the age of twilight. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You don't explain anything. <laughs> God. Um, no, <laughs> so um, I, I also want to take this opportunity to say, so during this whole scene where you're, where Asglad and Thorfinn are talking, um, there are lots of gratuitous shots of the English countryside. Um, and it's, it looks vaguely similar to the fields that are from Vinland that are in Thorfinn's dream. Um, and, and Thorfinn himself kind of makes that uh, connection uh, sort of in his own head. But I, I want to just, like, props to the background artist on this anime. Like, they're not, the background art is not, like, always in focus or always 100%, like, awesome. But a, a lot of the time it is. And when you notice, boy, do you notice that there's a lot of detail that's gone into this background art. And I just, just like, li- literally just props to the to the background artist on this anime. Well, in particular, this episode, because there was a lot of good shots in this episode. Uh, I, it was so mouth-wateringly good. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, so the other thing that really happens, uh, and it's, it kind of happens while Thorfinn and Asglad are talking, they see in the distance over the hill uh, a, um, a uh, messenger from uh prince canute and or is trying to uh who's trying to gather up forces to go rescue prince canute who we find out has been captured by thorkel uh surprise surprise ragnar who told everyone that canute wasn't ready to lead an army was right (laughs) um canute gets captured now they have this messenger going out trying to round up uh basically an army from what's left of the uh, forces from Denmark on the British islands to go and rescue Canute. And uh, this leads to a really interesting series of, like, a, a really interesting conversation and a really interesting series of shots uh, at the end of this episode. Um, and it's mostly, it's mostly uh, the... Okay, so the messenger is trying to convince Asglad and his troops, who there's only a hundred or so of them, uh, to go and help rescue Prince Canute. And like, there's there's gratuitous shots of scenery and the clouds during all this, and there's like a shot of, of someone from the back that has long blonde hair wearing dirty clothing. I personally think that's supposed to be Prince Canute, but who knows? It could be. I, I don't know. Hell, it could be fucking Thorfinn's mother for all we know. <laughs> well, it was clearly a sentimental uh, 
reference to someone that Asklad has a deep relationship with because he's bringing it up in his mental imagery at such a pivotal time in his life. Um, if it, it could be Canute, but that would mean that Asklad has a very deep relationship with Canute, which is pretty scandalous considering that Asklad is a pirate and Canute is a prince. Um, and if it's not Canute, then I think that it might be his dead wife or his mother or his daughter or someone. Or his sister, maybe. Or his sister. Or someone like relevant to his core motivations that we are not quite clear on. Maybe. And if there, I mean, there's a lot about Asglad we're not 100% clear on, so it's certainly possible. Yeah, and then, then um, after the messenger is done giving his spiel about why Asglad and his troops should go help, um, Asglad goes onto this like monologue, and he's like, it, "This isn't the time for us to just fade into twilight." Kind of, you know, borrowing from what he was talking about earlier, and he's like, "Can you hear it, men? The sound of the footsteps of Ragnarok." And then like he's getting everyone all worked up, and he's it's almost like he's leading the uh, the Danish messenger to believe that, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, and we're gonna do this." And then all of a sudden, like fucking out of nowhere, Asglad just decapitates his Danish messenger in front of all of his men, and I absolutely love the fact that Bjorn is standing right next to him and gives him this look. Like, really, dude? <laughs> really? I wasn't expecting that. I was like, what the fuck just happened? But then, like, immediately after, I understood why he did that. Mm. Like, he didn't have to explain it to his men because, like, I understood. But I'm glad he did explain it verbally yeah. just to, like, confirm. Because it, it was a bit vague, but I understood the gist. But it was a, also, good, it was a really great, uh, great shot because uh, it was really very sudden. It was. Um, no one was expecting, at least of all the Danish messenger. Um, but no, like, he, it also kind of plays into Asglad's character of like this privateer. He wants the the glory and, and the the prestige for himself and his men of like doing this. It's like we're not going to do this because you tell us to go do it. We're going to go do it because I say I'm going to go do it. Now nah, he's going to do it because he wants the most profits. Yeah, um, and it, and it just—he truly <laughs> is Lord Gorm's nephew. He maybe uh, there's. <laughs> I mean, maybe he got uncle, that coin fetish. May, maybe maybe Uncle wasn't too far off then. Um, yeah, and he's like he finishes off with like this is the age of Twilight. Let's go out with a bang, and then of course like the finishing shot is um, Askeladd's troop is cheering as. At, and it, like a literal dawn breaks over the ruins on that hill that they were standing on earlier from the Roman Empire. So like the the symbology behind that is like phenomenal because you think that the Roman Empire has already fallen by this time. It's been it's been gone for a few hundred years, and um, you see basically like an, a literal dawn breaking over something that's already crumbled, and it's like, well. It's still here after all this time, and people still talk about it, so why can't we just go ahead and make a new future of our own? Uh, that's not how I interpreted it. It's more like what we've been talking about, how you murder someone to get the goods, you know? <laughs> no, but, like, you have a war, and you defeat a people to start a new story. 
And that's mm. what happened with the Roman Empire, and that's what they're going to do right now. True. It's, it's, certainly, it's certainly what happened when the Saxons drove the Roman Empire out of yeah. Great Britain. It's a great symbol uh, that applies to the situation, but it's also like the shot is very like bright and optimistic. It almost makes me feel like that's not going to be what happens. Like, they ain't going to be a dawn. They're going to be uh, a fucking... <laughs> I don't know, Black Knight of Death, <laughs> where nobody survives. Um, it's it's also worth mentioning that there's another um, uh, a, another similarity between the uh, Saxon versus Roman Empire thing and with Asclad versus Thorkel, or what he's going to go do. Um, so we were told that Asclad has about a hundred men, and Thorkel has about five hundred. And it's worth mentioning that when the Saxons drove the Romans out of uh, Great Britain, they were the Saxons were vastly outnumbered by the Romans, but they still beat them back. So it's it's sh- it's shown through the Saxon reconquest of Great Britain that they that you can do it while being outnumbered. Speaking of which, how is he going to do it? I have a feeling that Thorfinn's going to be involved somehow. <laughs> Thorfinn is going to be thrown around like a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> he is the holy hand grenade of Antioch at this point. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how it goes. Um, I'm really hoping he isn't just used like a slingshot anymore. That'd be nice. Uh, um, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um with the co- uh, the um, comparison between Asclad and the Saxons, uh, I, it'll be really it'll be fun to watch because they're clearly outnumbered. So they have to they have to use superior strategy and not brute force to get the job done. Yep. And that's it. That's that's where episode ten leaves off. I'm I'm really excited to see where we go from here. How about you? Yeah, I want to see how Asclad's gonna pull it off. And I want to see, I feel like Askeladd, you said this before the podcast, but I feel like there's been a lot of death flags for Askeladd. So I want to see him have a painful and death where he screams for his mom and then he gets decapitated. No, but I want to see if he dies and I want to see who the blonde person was in the little flashback question mark that Askeladd had. There's so many questions. How 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 disappointed are you gonna be if it's Canute? Honey, I've seen that porn. <laughs> On that note, thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you would like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, show. I'd let Askeladd break my dawn. gotta stop this man (laughs) i can't Uh, i'm sorry y'all had to hear that good night (laughs) 